Hello. Hello. I was saying goodbye to the girlfriend. I see. Facetimes. So that's why I was like, bye, as I as I picked up the phone with you. No, that's that's quite all right. That's, That'd be funny okay. if I just was like. That's how I answered the phone with you now. I was like, okay, bye. That'd be very confusing for a lot of people, including yeah. myself, but primarily me. Yep. Yeah. So how's things in the, in the life of Lex Lutz? It's good. It's crazy, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Are things over there? You know, okay. That, I... Should I pretend to believe you? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, everything's fine. Um, it's I'm I'm getting used to these headphones. I I got Beats finally. So. Oh, cool. Did you get the um like the fully wireless ones or are they the wired ones? What did you get? I got the uh the fully wireless ones, but they have of course the the three point uh, five millimeter jack in there, so I can use them with my uh with my mic. Yeah. Like this is this is me rationalizing this purpose. I got them for for uh the purpose of being able to hear what it really sounds like around me uh while we record. And uh so far it's it's kind of weird. I've never had noise canceling uh earphones, uh headphones before. So it's just kind of oh, yeah. weird how the entire world just stops existing when you put them on. Right. So that's why I'm I always have the mic closer because I can't hear myself and it freaks me out. Ah, I see. Okay. okay. Right. That's one of the reasons why my mic is always high is because that really freaks me out. Yeah, I was trying them on and Dee was like three or four feet away from me, but she heard her back to me and I didn't hear anything she was saying. It's crazy. I don't know how yeah. people exist like this, but we're going to find out. It's It's a little too much. It's a little too much sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever hear about that room that's like completely, you know, soundproof yes. so much so that you can just like Fuck hear that. your no. heart beating? Right. Absolutely yeah. not. That would drive me crazy. You know, I, I I like to amuse myself by thinking, oh, yeah, I'd be fine, whatever. But, yeah, if this is what noise canceling does to me, I would not survive in that room. No way. Yep. I would be like, done, done. <laughs> so, of course, we're here to talk about the Met Gala. <laughs> Jason Derulo fell on the stairs. Oh, <laughs> Again? I love that that comes up every year. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, Jason Derulo fell on the stairs again. My man cannot right. handle stairs. All right. So, the Met Gala. Did you look at any of the outfits for the Met Gala? Did you have any interest in that? Uh, no, no, I was actually just fucking around. I don't give a fuck about the Met Gala, and I don't know who half of those people are, but I tell you what, it looks 100% like something out of Final Fantasy, well, let's say yes. 8. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the way everybody is dressed, it looks like they're about to go take on, like, Sephiroth or something like that. I, it's amazing. <laughs> I think it's fun. Yeah. I think it's fun to look at the pictures and stuff like that. I get it. I get why it's a thing. Oh, for um, sure. I paid it. I paid attention. I paid attention to it more this year because Kayla was very invested in it. Oh, wanted really? to like <laughs> look at what everyone was wearing and everything like that. And she, so she was sending me pictures and I was looking up pictures and she was like very excited to see what certain people were wearing and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I was just kind of like listening to her, you know, explain this stuff to me. <laughs> sure thing. What what was that? I don't know anything about it. What was the most entertaining uh, outfit this this year? What was the one that was uh, on everybody's mind? Cardi B was amazing. Cardi, Cardi B. B was really really great. Okay. Uh, okay. Meg Stallion was beautiful. Always. Um, yes. Um, uh, Jessica Chastain was really great, and so was Billie Eilish. Those seem to be like two <laughs> of the only people that like. There were only a few people that actually stayed on theme because they do have a theme every year. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about like, Billie Eilish for a second. Like, what what was going on with that outfit? Because she, I mean, she was she was on theme. I mean, it's supposed to be Gilded Age, you know. She was on turn, theme. Everyone. The century, big old boobies. These, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Big old boobies are popping out. Jugs are popping. You know. <laughs> See, that's the thing about Billie Eilish. Like. I feel bad for her. All right. Now, this is this is 
I'm I'm going to do my best not to sound very mannish as I as I say what I'm about to say. She is understood incredibly well endowed, but yes, most people and she's a little baby. She's like a baby sister kind of thing. It's you know it's funny because like you know she's she's usually in baggy clothes, so people that see her aren't really aware usually of everything that's going on there. But boy. Once a year, she comes out in <laughs> something that just like, you know, she, she, she takes the girls out to play and people cannot stop talking about it. <laughs> then, well, you know, that's, that was a big, big deal with the second album that she put out that, you know, won a lot of Grammys and stuff last year was, was she was not wearing the baggy clothes for the first time. She was going like old school Hollywood type of vibes with like her photo shoots and a lot of stuff. She went blonde yeah. instead of having dark hair. Now she's back to the dark hair. She's more back to herself, but like that was a really cool like era of her kind of embracing that and going, yeah, that's, that's what I'm dealing. Cause I, if I'm not mistaken, that was like kind of the first time that she had really shown herself off in that way. And it right. was kind of, it, it seemed like a very empowering thing for her. As long as she's doing it on her, by her standards, I'm totally cool with it. You know, I like agree it's with her. You. Yeah doing this i agree with you 100 percent. i just thought that the the common thing was is that she is self-conscious about her image uh and yeah it's amplified when she does wear something that is not as baggy because yes. people lose their fucking minds like oh my god and, you know either one way or the yeah, other and they're gross and she's only like what now she's like 20 or something at that maybe yeah, yeah. um to me, I'm like she's like my little like I look I view I look I look at Billie Eilish like she's like my little sister and I get so excited for her every time something happens I'm like oh my god she looks so cute she looks so pretty <laughs> like I I don't when I like if I talk about her that way it is never viewing her as attractive even though she is a tra- like she is she's a gorgeous girl but like to me she's so young and. It just gives me that vibe of like just a little sister. I think that's one of the things that I really love about her is that I'm just like, oh, she feels like my little sister who's doing so well for herself. <laughs> this multi-millionaire who doesn't know I exist. Right, and I'm right. like, baby sister is on the red carpet tonight. We're I love you. We're rooting for you, Billy. You know, you, you do that. Yeah, yeah. You go, girl. Keep making your cool, dark music. I love it. <laughs> Right on. So, yeah, uh, you know, Met Gala. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was not, what's his name? Travis Barker and, and one of the Kardashian sisters. Oh, shit. Yeah. They they looked like they'd gotten in a fight after getting off of a shift at, like, the Olive Garden. <laughs> and uh, everybody I mean, that makes sense. That. Yeah. That's where you want to get in a fight because you're family there. You know, that's what families <laughs> do sometimes. <laughs> I tell you what, I gotta give I gotta give credit to Travis Barker because you know usually when you get when you see people with head tattoos and everything you're like that's ill advised. But as an aging punk musician, you know who knew that his hairline was receding faster than he could cope, he fucking got the right? tattoos and it looks like he's just faded up at all times and it's you know it's immaculate. Yeah. So kudos. Yeah, to I think if you're gonna Travis do that, Barker. you know that's a really cool way of doing it. I yeah. Mean, yeah. For the fucking their body, anyone, but for him, it's particularly yeah, it's it's a punk. Like he can play it off a little bit better. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, like you know, you dress for the job that you want, and uh, that's the job. So he's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we've got other stuff to get into. We never welcome people to the show. You're in it. You guys know what's happening. You know welcome what's to Lex and Matt's Adventure. This is this is the insanity. Of our lives. These are the days of our lives. That's right. We want to bring you a little bit of levity in this crazy world. So, you know, we're going to do that. We're going to talk about a what lot. What you want of, to talk about, Matt? Let's talk about all these cancellations. You know, this whole episode is going to feel like <laughs> is a quick Is it me? Hits. Am I canceled, finally? Cancel. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking finally. I want out. So, we're going to basically go down this list of cancellations. I guess because, you know... Uh, you know, I don't know what's going on. It's not the uh, the TV association gathering or whatever, but a lot of mm-hmm. news is coming out about these various TV shows, and I'm I'm kind of surprised by some of these choices being made. Um, 
I just want to I just want to add that like sweeps just happened. This is when they're going to be making all of the the reason that you're seeing a like onslaught of cancellations mm. is because this is the time of year when they cancel all of their shows and make decisions for the fall of, you know, the like, fall so of September, man. August, September. Yes. The fall of men. Correct. The correct. Which should hopefully be happening soon, which is awesome. Continue. <laughs> so Netflix has canceled Space Force, the Steve Carell led uh, sitcom, I guess you could call it. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those weird Netflix shows uh, about him being the leader of the ill-advised uh, wing of the government, or branch of the government, rather, called Space Force. Yeah. Or I didn't Forces, really like that whatever. show. Yeah. I don't know about you. I enjoyed the first season. I thought it had promise. I thought it was interesting to uh, see Steve Carell do something different than his normal shtick. Um, but in the second season it decidedly leaned into Steve Carell just basically doing his normal stick. And I was kind of disappointed by that. He was, even, I haven't seen any of the second season. So yeah, you know that, that you know, gruff I watched voice, all the first season, the gruff voice that yeah. he was putting on in the first season, that went away completely. So <laughs> I, was a little, funny. I was a little disappointed that they just went ahead and just said, nah, we're not doing that anymore. So everything that made the first season interesting kind of just disappeared uh, during huh. that second season. Yeah, and I, I I'm gonna be honest. When I saw it was coming back, I was like, "There's not enough there for me to go back to it," you know. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather watch other stuff. Do you ever watch? Have you ever watched the morning show on uh, Apple TV? Yes, I have seen like a season and a half of that or something like that. Okay. Yeah. What do you think of that? I liked it. When I saw it, I liked. Yeah, I enjoy it too. It just seems like the seasons go on for way too long with that show, you know. I was talking to a coworker of mine the other day, and we were just talking about how, like, can you imagine, like, the shows that come out now are, they seem to be more entertaining, but I think something that contributes to that is the fact that they're just shorter seasons, you know? Right. Like, it used to be like, oh, you gotta have a 22 episode season, because we gotta get you in a syndication, but no one's really stressed about that as much anymore, you know? These deals have changed, so. You're not seeing that that drive, right? Right. It's 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 a different vibe. Um, what's amazing though is sometimes they're still, like you said, it's still kind of filler. It's still kind of slow. It's still mm. whatever. And you're like, the fuck is this? How did you even manage to make twelve episodes of this? Right. What would you have done if you had to make twenty two? Well, I mean, that's the beauty of Atlanta. You know, I know we're kind of jumping all over genres here and different shows and stuff like it's that. It's fine. We're just in TV. We're just talking TV right now. So yeah. go for it. But that is something that contributes, I think, to the success of Atlanta because, you know, you get the basic story of what's going on with the main characters. But you also go into the show with the understanding that it's going to be very difficult to lock, lock down Lakeith Stanfield, Brian Tyree Henry, Zazie Beetz, and Donald Glover. For, you know, a 12 episode season. So you get certain mm-hmm. episodes that contribute to the story. Then you get some that are just like, okay, this is a side story. It's a side quest. It's a, you know, a little bit of like modern, uh, horror or fiction or something like that just for you yeah. to enjoy. Yeah. And I think the show really, it, it, uh, thrives because of that. It's always fresh. It's always something different. Yeah. It's, it's sad that they're ending it. Um, but I understand like they want to keep it. As fresh as it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they went away for so long, too. It was, what, like two years or something? Yeah. Yeah, it felt like forever. But, you know, these these American shows, these American-produced shows have really adopted more of a, a British, uh, you know, method of getting the stuff out there uh, of production more than anything. So it's, it's right. good that shows like that can have the option to go away for a while and come back and not really miss a beat, you know? Right. Okay, so the third season was renewed in 2018. Yeah. That's how long it was in between seasons. Now, granted, COVID did delay it further, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, it was just a uh, like a very, very long break there. Very. Which, you know, give them the time they need, I guess, you know, whatever. Yeah, and like I said, you know, these people have busy schedules, you know. I mean, Donald Glover put out an album in between there. He had a tour to support that, you know. He had a kid. Uh, all kind of stuff was going on with every one of them. So, you know, just the time was right to finally get it done. I'm glad they, they're getting it done. Right. Right, right, right. So 
All right, Space Force. So Space Force was canceled. What else were other? Sh- well, I mean, other shows that you felt like talking about. So the CW has decided to end Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow, both of which, from what I understand, ended on cliffhangers last season. Oh no! Yeah. So this is the oh, shit. first. Just let them come back for one episode to end it or something. Jesus. Exactly. Especially Legends. That show's been on for years. Now, I find this interesting because Legends seemed to have developed more and more of a cult following as the show went yeah. on. Now, I don't know how the yeah. ratings were doing. I don't know if don't any either. of these uh, actors or actresses were trying to get out. But that's kind of the beauty of what Legends of Tomorrow was. It was like a revolving door. It allowed these characters to come in, have a meaningful story, and then vamoose if they wanted to with the option of returning. Like uh, Constantine. Constantine's show got canceled. I think it was on... I want to say ABC. Yeah, we're going to go with uh, ABC. Well, no, was it Fox? Maybe Fox. Either way, the show got canceled. Uh, the character was still beloved by many fans. People were always saying, bring back Constantine and all that stuff. Right. So they got the original actor to voice some of the animated roles that the character was in. People were still clamoring for more. So they bought him back officially in Legends of Tomorrow for the past two seasons. And I think that's amazing. That's unheard of in television. You know, these days, really. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool to see. Right, to have a, a network crossover like that. It was a really big deal when Supergirl did that, too. Supergirl was on CBS originally. Right. For right. that first season. So it, it's interesting to me that the show that was kind of the catch-all for all the, the wayward DC children, you know, is now getting canceled itself, and it has nowhere to wrap up their storyline. So right. I say... Let Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman finish their storylines on Riverdale, because Riverdale is a clusterfuck. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit, they could do that. They could. Those those poor kids. Let them out of that contract. My Let them go. God. Let them be free. <laughs> it does Let seem them like, be free. Yes, it does seem like they put every single genre that they possibly can into Riverdale. So, you know... Uh, they want to go and do a horror film. Like, no, no, we'll, we'll bring the horror film to you. Well, <laughs> that'll that'll mean we got horror film at home, and then they do something creepy. And then they're witches. like superhero show, do it. <laughs> we <laughs> got superheroes at home. Oh, Archie's super strong now for some reason, but we never talk about it or address it. All right, cool. Kayla likes to send me random. Uh, the guy who watches Riverdale. I guess there's a guy on TikTok who like watches Riverdale, so you don't have to kind of thing, and he just gives <laughs> a synopsis of what's going on on the show. Yeah. Holy shit. Because I loved Riverdale in the beginning. Like, that first season was, you know, really fun. It was interesting. And it was. It was like Twin Peaks vibes, albeit a a teen drama version of that, like a more camp, even more campy version of that. But, Mm -hmm. like, it was fun, you know? And now it's like, what the fuck is this? I think we even talked about this way back when the show debuted, which is there's a distinct difference in teen drama shows where all the actors are of legal age and it's obvious versus teen drama shows where all the actors are actual teens. So on Riverdale, which is the former where they're all adults, you have Mm -hmm. things like Archie hooking up with his teacher in the first episode and everybody's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's fine. You know? Right. But if that happened on freaks and geeks, they would have got canceled after one episode. Yeah. That would have been been really gross. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, Archie Andrews, hey, whatever. Man, that show is so strange. And <laughs> didn't she die? Didn't Mrs. Grundy die or something? Or did they just send her away? I think away? so. I don't know. No, I think she died. I yeah. don't remember. All I'm saying is if they can let's, bring in let's Sabrina. Let's Google it, because why not? If they can bring in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, they could bring in Batwoman. No one would mind at all. But my yeah, endgame... Yeah, and I liked the... I liked... um. The first season of Sabrina that I'd watched. Yeah, I couldn't really get with it. I don't know. It was just paced a little strangely for me, but I can see a lot of potential there. I can see a lot of potential. No, there. I get that too. Yeah. Alternative versions. Yeah, she's strangled to death. God damn. <laughs> with her own cello. With her own cello bow. Oh my gosh. They fucking, she's teaching, quote unquote, teaching another male student. She's just out here assaulting boys. Yup. And then she gets strangled by the black hood. Oh, gosh. So, you know, for those that do plan to watch Riverdale eventually, we're not spoiling even a fraction of most of the crazy shit that has happened on this show. 
I I want so desperately to tell people everything that I know about this show, but we'll do that another time. We have more cancellations to talk about. Let's talk about Save by the Bell, yet another teen drama, or not teen drama, but a that show was picked up for another season. It had two. I didn't know it was still on. I did not either, and that is why I believe Peacock has canceled the show. That's really interesting to me. Um, I know that this was one of the flagship shows that they hung their hat on when they launched the streaming service. But after the initial talk about how some of the original stars were coming back, uh, including Lark Voorhees, I didn't really hear much else about it. Like, I've literally heard no one talking either. about this show. I don't know anyone who watched it. Like, really? Like, who liked it? You know what I mean? Like, I know plenty of people who have watched... Um, Bel Air and enjoyed it, yourself included. Yeah. And like our our actual like legit fans of it, but I don't Save by the Bell, I don't think and really hit with anyone. Well, at least we can be sure they didn't have any dangling plot lines on Save by the Bell that they need to wrap up. Except what happened to Miss Bliss? She just disappeared one day and never came back. They never addressed that. Well, she was strangled with her own cello. That yeah, so, that probably yeah. happened. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Unfortunately, um, that I, seems to happen with a lot of them. I wish I could tell you even one thing about this new show, besides what I've already said. I just want to know, can Zach Morris or the Zach equivalent on this show, can he still freeze time? Ooh, since Zach is the governor on the show, can he still freeze time? I don't know. Do you want me to look it up? No, it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you want to let the mystery be? That, let that makes sense. the mystery be. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Yeah. Now, here's one of my favorite cancellations because it was kind of like a, a self-destruction more than a cancellation. Okay. So The Walking Dead, for some reason, is still in existence on AMC. I'm sure there's some people that still enjoy that. But you have How The Walking Dead. How many seasons is that show on? You Jesus Christ. Fear The Walking Dead. You have the, the post-show, Talking Dead. You have the web series that feature um, 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 Lex Luthor Sr., of all people is on a, a, an absolute gray's anatomy of zombies. Yeah. Like good for, her, you know, lots of, lots and lots of stuff. So they were planning once the walking dead finally does go ahead and end, which I think is this season, uh, the main show, they were going to have a spinoff featuring Carol and Daryl, two of fans, favorite characters from the TV show. I hope that it was them moving into an apartment together in sitcom fashion, like Laverne and Shirley, but call it Carol and Daryl. Yeah. And they just like, you know, open the door and they're like, there's the other one. That's Carol. Hey, Carol. Well, that's Daryl. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we're never going to find out because you can't have a Carol and Daryl Walking Dead spinoff without Carol. She left. She decided. Oh, Carol. (laughs) She decided that this was not for her. And then the showrunner said, you know what? I'm gone, too. So no more oh, Carol shit. and Daryl. What's Norman Reedus going to do to pay his bills for, I don't know. Well, I mean, does he have, like, a bill for water? Because he doesn't look like he showers. So, he showers at know. Monster Energy. Oh, yeah. 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 Just like the idiocracy guys. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Brondo is what plants crave. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it says that, I mean, according to TV line, it says the initial buzz suggested the decision to jettison Carol was a creative one. Although an AMC rep maintains it was about logistics. Melissa McBride has given life to one of the most interesting, real, human, and popular characters in the Walking Dead universe, a, a spokesperson said. Unfortunately, she was no longer able to participate in the previously announced spinoff focused on Daryl Dixon, Carol Peltier, <laughs> I guess is how you pronounce that last name. Relocating to Europe became logistically untenable for Melissa at this time. We know fans will be disappointed by this news. So she didn't want to move to eh. Europe, but I would imagine once you sign contracts and agree to stay to star in the show, either that would have been communicated to you initially or you're just in breach of contract. Who knows? Um, it all depends. Like, I, I think it would have been a lot harder contract wise to get out of that had they started really heavily developing it. Sounds like it was still in an early stage. Yeah. So, 
So apparently this last season for The Walking Dead Prime is split up into three arcs. And uh, there's one more arc left. Eight episodes are still to come. Okay. Okay. But there are many unresolved issues, I would imagine, uh, from this show. Like, um, they basically have killed off the majority of the main characters. I think um, they were going to have a spinoff movie, like a, a made-for-TV movie at some point that never materialized. Yeah, wasn't the the um, Rick or whatever supposed to be in that? Yeah, because he, he got killed, quote-unquote, but they never saw him die. And then we saw a helicopter fly off in the distance, like a reverse mash. And I don't know. <laughs> That's it. We never heard from him again. He's like Poochie. He had to go home. I just, I'm looking it up. The Walking Dead movies have been in <laughs> making for years. It's supposed to be a trilogy starring wow. uh, Andrew Lincoln's Rick Grimes. That they seems still don't like, have a release date. Like, what's, what, what's left to say? You know? Oh, no, the zombies. They've taken Trilogy over the world. was affected by COVID. We're still following the same general plan. But the movies are taking longer, and we're playing it in all sorts of directions. Then the pandemic happened, which gave us the opportunity and or necessity to do Figure that. Out. We're still doing that. Andrew Lincoln is super involved. Robert Kirkman is super involved. It's really proceeding. It's just current circumstances have given us little a little extra time to do what – uh, seems needs anyway. Um, Andrew Lincoln in 2021 said he's not filming at the moment. <laughs> no, I'm not filming at the moment. Uh, the late, the most recent update was the special effects wizard guy Greg Nicotero yeah. uh, revealed to comicbook.com that things are still alive and moving. So they don't have an exact date, but it's still there. That's an ironic choice of words. I will say that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Intentional. So if you're looking for updates on The Walking Dead, remember, probably want to check another podcast because out of doubt we're going to talk about it again anytime soon. Moving on. Uh, Zachary Quinto. Yeah. Uh, whose name always reminds me of the Hotel Jane, La Quinta. Zachary mm-hmm. Quinto uh, has gone on record to say, he doesn't know what's going on with the next Star Trek film because I can imagine in every interview someone asks him, hey, when are we going to see Spock again? So uh, the Hollywood Reporter has him quoted as saying, I don't know that we will do it this year. I don't know when it will happen. And I always maintain that I would love to do it. But until I get something concrete, we're shooting this day. Here's your script. Get ready. I'm in a wait and see pattern. I'm not really attached to it in any way until I have much more definitive certainty that it's actually happening. So that's I I did not know they were still making these movies. Yeah, I Zachary Quinto doesn't know either. Apparently, like he would imagine that if Spock's coming back, how many have they made? Because I've only seen the first two. There was I believe there were three total of this batch. Oh, okay. There was Star Trek, Star Trek Beyond, and Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes, I did it. I didn't even look it up. Hot damn! Okay, I haven't seen I haven't seen Into Darkness then. Yeah. It it was okay, you know. And that was all. That's all of them. Because I'm like, damn. I guess they've been they've been releasing these. Zachary Quinto, I'm looking at them up. Yeah. Looking them up. So, if they do move forward uh, with this next one, it'll be the first. Star Trek Beyond. Beyond. Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. Why are there so many Star Trek movies? Yeah, anyway. I was going to say, this will be the first one without Anton Yelchin, who played Chekhov in the films, because unfortunately he passed away in 2016. Oh, cancel it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it without Anton. Anton! It, he's a really good actor. Like... Yeah. I remember he was in some movie that I really enjoyed, and unfortunately it's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't think of it right now. J.J. Abrams said that he would not recast him. Man. Like, I guess they're just going to character out because they don't want to they don't want to recast him. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool. Odd Thomas. That's the name of the film he was in. It was a supernatural thriller. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. I haven't seen it, though. It's from 2013. I think it's worth going back to look to see because it's really good. 
Just, yeah. uh, you know, it's unfortunate he passed away. Man, that's so really that's bummed me out. I forgot that about that. Yeah. <laughs> sorry to bring it down, nah, guys. Sorry. But anyway, yeah, I didn't realize they were still working on those. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Speaking of Paramount and Paramount Plus, apparently they're doing really good over in their neck of the woods. So this is uh, some good news for those of you that enjoy all of their Star Trek content and their Halo series. Apparently, <laughs> uh, the company no grew monthly active users for its advertising-supported streamer Pluto TV as well. Uh, to nearly 68 million. So there are people who are watching oh, Pluto shit. TV. Yeah. That's incredible. I guess. Yeah. It says no Paramount. one's watching that Halo show, though, are they? You I know, don't think really? so. Like, that's another one I haven't heard much about. I mean, you would think with the popularity ah, of the nothing. game that people would, you know, be chopping at the bit to be like, yes, I want to see Master Chief and stuff like that. I, I no, watched the trailer and I didn't know what the fuck was going on, so it was like, nah. It seemed like it wanted pass. to be Mandalorian to me, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't know what it wanted. <laughs> Just recency bias, I guess. Yeah. So the article goes on to say, Paramount Global added 6.3 million global streaming subscribers in the first quarter to top the 62 million mark at the end of March. So they're doing pretty well over there i will say this i will vouch for their star trek content they're doing a great job over there all the old star trek is on there that you want to see all the classic stuff um picard is interesting discovery is like a breath of fresh air and i know it's a controversial opinion but fuck it Mm -hmm. i love that show captain michael burnham is up in my top three of favorite star trek captains now so you oh, know, that's cool. I've been trekking since day, I can't say day one, that was back in the 60s, but since the next generation dropped, I'll say that. So right. come at me. I love this show. It's real good. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen any of it. I probably never will. I'm not a huge Star Trek person. No, but, totally understandable, know. but they got stuff I, on I Paramount. Respect, I respect, like, you know, I also think Trek fans seem better than some other fandoms, like as much as they get made fun of. Yeah, I can see that. that. But there are some Trek fans that can be fairly intense. You know, back in the day when Next Generation first began, that was the first time I I think like in real life I heard people getting so intense about casting news and about that type of shit. Right. Like, oh, no, they can never replace uh, uh, Captain Kirk. And then after people started to like the show, I love Picard. He's the best captain ever. And then, you know, you they bought in any other captains. Then they bought yeah. in Deep Space Nine. Like, oh, this must be, you know, we got a black captain now. What's that about? Oh, I see what's going on here. <laughs> and then people are like, oh, no, Benjamin Sisko is the best Star Trek captain ever. And that was fine. Then Voyager came out. Oh, we got a woman captain now. What the fuck? And they're son? like, fuck Janeway. And that still that still exists. I'm like, fuck Janeway. And I, I love to like say Janeway is the best captain, even though I don't give a shit about Star Trek. And I've seen <laughs> probably four four episodes of Janeway as captain and, you know, and probably like six episodes total of Star Trek. And I'm yeah. like, that's enough. But that I'm is. still going to fuck you guys up about Janeway. <laughs> And that's completely fair. That's that's a great position to take, yeah. actually. That's you know my what? prerogative. She is a great captain, and you know, there's no yeah. there's no wrong answer. But you know, fans don't want to hear Kate that. Kate Mulgrew, fuck you guys. She's the best. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah. So Star Trek is is holding up Paramount Plus as, as well as but Evil. I love that show. That's that's fascinating though. I did not realize Paramount Plus was doing that well. Well, I'm kind of happy about this, not because I have a particular love for Paramount, but because of how much Netflix I think is fucking up. Yeah. You know, I I think that that's. I mean, we need to have other stronger streaming services, right? Because I think Netflix is going to kind of implode soon. Right. Not only that, but um, there's a lot of Nickelodeon stuff on there, too, including SpongeBob. So. You know, yeah. I'm sure that's really I, the backbone. <laughs> I got it. I got to get a login for one, you know, or something. I haven't, I haven't messed around with Paramount Plus. Right on. Maybe you got a free trial or something. You got to watch that evil. I mean, that's something I, I know you'll enjoy. Like, yeah. Beyond everything else. That. It's just like every time I go to get something, I'm like, oh, another streaming service. Right. God damn. You know, <laughs> shit. Oh, there's another Star Trek spinoff I forgot about called Strange New Worlds, which is a prequel to the original Star Trek show. Oh, cool. <laughs> Animated? 
No, live action. Oh. Starring cool. Captain Christopher Pike. He's Captain Kirk's predecessor. But this one has got Rebecca Romaine in there as well. And she's really good on there. She's been on another episode oh, of the yeah. show. Yeah. I want to say I saw something about that a while back. So. Yeah, this is the fun trek. This is the one where they get to actually like kick back and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, moving on. Moving on. We have some directors who have been ousted from films or have left films for various reasons. Yes. Which one do you want to talk about? Let's talk about Fast X because they're shifting into high gear with Fast and the Furious 10. But unfortunately, we've hit a detour. Family. (laughs) They lost the family member. He left the family. I didn't think that was possible. Justin Lin has dropped out. Justin Justin Lin left the family. He left the family behind. That's right. So apparently, uh, franchise filmmaker Justin Lin, who has been connected to the uh, the series since Fast Two, Too Fast, Too Furious, has left because mm-hmm. of difficult star and producer Vin Diesel. Yeah, isn't that why The Rock hasn't come back? Too? That's right, because him yeah. and Vin have that uh, that rivalry. I guess blood feud. Yeah, <laughs> I guess uh, a lot of folks don't get along behind the scenes in these movies, which is unfortunate because they they seem to get along so well on the screen. Just race cars and and high five and drink beers. That's all you got to do. Come on, come on, guys. Yeah, I think. I'd like to hear your opinion on this. I want to say that because they're such like intense stunt movies and they're very expensive movies that Mm -hmm. adds like a level of stress and pressure to the sets that you have to have like the right leadership involved, both, both in like the directors, obviously, but also like the producers, the actors, like the leading men, you know, like the leading actors and everything like that. Yeah. And I think if one thing is kind of off, it could be a nightmare production. You're exactly right. And unfortunately, it wasn't just one thing that was off. As a matter of fact, uh, they were saying that Diesel often shows up late to the set. He doesn't know his lines and he's not in the best of shape, which is kind of critical for his character. In these films, he's supposed to be a buff dude who works on cars. That's part of the job. So, yeah, they're really disappointed with him. And Lynn just walked away. But before that, there was a very awkward uh, Instagram video of Vin trying to get hyped up for the movie with Lynn in the background and Lynn's just kind of rolling his eyes. He's like, Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was weird. Very weird. And he's, you know, he's asking Lynn, he's like, is this about to be the best fast and furious movie? And Lynn goes in my heart. Yes. But he kind of shrugs when he says it, like I got to tell the company line it's $10 million. Oh, yeah. Shit. My man walked away from $10 well, million. he's made his money. Walk away. Yeah, you know? exactly. He's like, ain't no money in the world worth dealing with Vin Diesel. Can you imagine that? Someone is willing to pay you $10 million to be around me. And you say, no, I can't. I just can't. I can't do it. Well, you know, the real thing is, how how many times have I been paid $10 million to be around you in the past? I mean. Because that would determine whether or not I would also pay $10 million to do, get paid $10 million to do it again. You know, I might not need it. <laughs> How many kids I got? How many kids got to go to college? Not exactly. that money. All right. All right. I'm going to drop out of this one film. <laughs> Let me go do a $5 million picture instead. I'd rather do two $5 million films and do one $10 million film with Vin Diesel. Yep. Well, I guess yeah, that also... I'd like to do twice the work instead, please. I guess one that difference. also answers why he's never invited to the set of Guardians of the Galaxy, even though he's been in all of those films. Oh, yeah. He only ever does the voices. He never does, like, the actual set work for yeah. it. They always have Kirk from Gilmore Girls do it because he's the brother. I always thought that was weird. You know, it's like, hey, the guy voices a character. It. I Let didn't him. because I, like, I've always looked at um that actor as like such a character actor guy and like he's a little bit weird and I was like oh so they just want like an Andy um Andy Serkis type of like actor doing that mm-hmm. you know yeah I that's what I assumed it was but now that we know this stuff about Vin maybe it wasn't that way right you know wasn't the case <laughs> so we'll see 
we'll see what happens with this movie. So rumor has it that Louis Leterrier is set to take over the director's chair now. I don't know who that is. He apparently directed the first two Transporter films and The Incredible Hulk. Cool. Yeah. Variety has learned this is the decision. It comes less than a week after Lynn's surprise departure from the helm of the 10th Mm -hmm. installment. Uh, He said he beat out numerous candidates for the job, per sources. Uh, But, I mean, he's got a long history with Universal, so they decided to give him yet another go behind the camera. Right, right. That's, I mean, pick a company, man, kind of thing. You know, to come in and clean up. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, it's still getting done. It might have a different vibe, but it's still getting done. I mean, yeah. It's also fast car movie, so pretty sure if you've made action films, you can make it. You know, exactly. That might be kind of demeaning. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, it is pretty much paint by numbers and that's kind of by design. But Transporter even felt different than your normal action film, even though it was a fantastic action film. I love that first Transporter. Um, But, you know, it wasn't your normal Rocky or, you know, Terminator or whatever. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be weird. So, you know, people are going to go see it, but it's not going to (laughs) be. (laughs) <laughs> what folks are expecting. Right. Yeah. Although it could, it could still have a very similar vibe just because like, okay, the script is locked. He's not going to make adjustments. More than likely, he's not going to be able to make adjustments to the script or have that kind of creative control. He's basically just going to be coming in to shoot it. Right. And I doubt they're going to change their director of photography. So like, it might not be that different. It might not be that noticeable. Who knows? Who knows how many limitations they put on him just to make sure the production doesn't get halted any further. That's true. It could be a very much a um, like a TV show type situation where it's like, you know, movies versus TV. When you're when you're a TV director, you're coming in, you're kind of like working under their direct like under their direction, the the like the head writer and everything like that. They're more in control. Mm-hmm. And usually on films, like you are the head guy when you're the director, it might be a little bit closer to film just based off of the circumstances of like him coming in so late. Yeah. Well, he's going to get paid a buttload of money, but you know, I doubt people are even going to really notice at the end of the day, you know? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe the like diehard fans who really know the direction and, and have specific things in mind, but I think the average person's never going to notice it. No. That'd be my guess, at least. I say invite Ludacris back to do a song on the soundtrack. That's that's what I want to happen. Fuck, let's let Ludacris direct it. See what happens. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, with that man. Yes, come on now. Just let Luda do whatever. I don't care. Luda, just come on the screen. Do, yeah. Uh, Fantastic yeah. Four has lost their director. So yeah. that was kind of... Who was going to direct that one? Uh, who was the guy that directed the recent Spider-Man films? No Way Home, Halfway... Oh shit! I don't remember. He was gonna do it. He was gonna do it. Um, it's not Mark Webb because Mark Webb directed the amazing, the amazing stuff. No, no, no. That I loved. I loved those. John Watts. John Watts was the director tapped to do the Fantastic Four. Now nothing has come out about why he stepped down, but you can imagine having helmed three Spider-Man movies in a row in fairly quick succession. Uh, that he needed a break from superhero films, so he decided mm-hmm. to step down before production really got into full swing. Um, but folks have been pitching an idea as to who might replace him. Mm. I'm sure you've heard about this. I have heard about this. Yes. Proceed. Yes. So they're saying that one John Krasinski might step in to uh, mm-hmm. to replace him as a director of the Fantastic Four. John Krasinski also heavily fan cast as Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. People want to see yeah. that. Him and Emily Blunt team up as uh, Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic. I think that's one thing that would appeal to people to actually go see a Fantastic Four movie in 2022 because there's little else that I can think of. They, you're really going to have to hard sell us on Fantastic Four at this right. point, right? They've so, had two yeah, bites at that I apple. I agree. Yeah. You know, and it's, man. Yeah, they need to uh, pick <laughs> pick a strong lead uh, for that and a good director. I'd certainly be more interested in it if the director was interesting and the cast was interesting. Right. Because 
uh, yeah, Fantastic Four is not not my favorite. I just love the fact that, you know, John Krasinski is even in the conversation for this. You know, he's come so far in his career. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. There's a weird thing on the Internet right now of like hating John Krasinski. And I'm like, I don't understand why. What's what's happening here? Well, it doesn't seem to make sense. There's a lot of footage out there of him towing the company line about some projects that he's been involved in. And he's been involved in a lot of uh, very <laughs> pro CIA and FBI type projects. And he's, you know, talking about how uh, these guys are heroes and stuff like that. And really just being a, like I said, just towing the company line being that let's, let's. Yeah. I mean, they, they literally have no choice. Otherwise they're not allowed to do a lot of things. They don't get a lot of like credits and it's all, it's all bullshit. But like, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's a candidate interview where people are saying so, like, Hey, well, who do you, who do you think is really responsible for this debacle? Well, it's not the FBI. I mean, he's not doing well, so, that shit. He's saying like, I believe in this project because I believe in the people it's based on. Right. That's a lot and, like, different. When Krasinski's going to meet people in the CIA for his authentic little actors studio meetup, they're going to be the nicest people in the world to him. Right. He's going to see them as the best people who are saving lives, who are doing all that. Like, he's only going to see the rose-colored version of it. So, of course, he's going to view them that way. Of course, he's going to be like, hey, these are the best guys. This is the best situation. Like, you know, he, he's seeing the best side of everything. He's seeing, like I said, the rose-colored glasses side of things. So that makes sense to me, too. I think that's a weird thing to go after someone for, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it's it's like the same thing if you ask Marissa Hargitay, like, hey, what do you think of the New York Police Department? She's going to say right. they're what fine the individuals, say, and they, you know, know, serve and protect and all that stuff. Anybody who's involved in a cop drama, anybody who's involved in a, you know, a rescue show or any type mm-hmm. of, like, Army-related project, they're going to say that the people that their show or their project is based on are fine individuals because to them, yes, they are. And you don't want to piss those people off by like slandering them in the news and coming off as, you know, somebody that doesn't want to get along because then it's going to make your job incredibly more difficult. Right. Right. It's going to make your job more difficult. It's going to make your studio look bad. It's going to impact how like parts you get in the future. I think it's I, I agree with you. Like, I think it's weird going after him for like being a company man kind of thing, you know, being the like the face of, you know, the little CIA for his Jack Ryan project. It's like, OK, whatever. Right. Whatever. I don't think that's enough to, to go after him, especially when there are much bigger assholes, you know, in Hollywood. And he seems largely unproblematic. Right. The so, thing that is apparently a problem doesn't seem that way to me. Yeah. I mean, we've all got our but, personal beliefs yeah. about, you know, law enforcement and how oh, consistently I don't agree with they it. Are. Exactly. But, <laughs> like, I don't agree with the things that he's saying, <laughs> but I don't think it's enough. I, I don't think it's enough to be like, man, fuck him. I don't want to see him in anything. I, no. Right. Like, I, I get it. Horrible. I disagree, I, but I get so it. Yeah, yeah, you you do like you're you're a cis white man in America who's on a beloved television show. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're fine when it comes to CIA and FBI. They're right. not they're not trying right. to ruin your life. Me, oh, on the other hand, yeah, yeah, not I don't so think much. They're gonna, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna take you out. You know, I think you're fine. Right, right, right. So I get it. I disagree, but I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, let's talk about this Lego Batman thing. We 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 had a we had a uh, a request based on a conversation right. we had last week. Um, Paul Calicote reached out to us on our Instagram page, which is at Lex and Matt, uh, and we 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 take questions of all kinds. You know, as long as you're not asking us mm-hmm. to promote our project on your website or your Instagram profile for some reason, that's kind of weird. Don't do that. Um, Promoted on podcast ho dot no sorry. Anyway. <laughs> That was one time. All right. So do <laughs> we time. consider Will Arnett's Lego Batman in contention for best Batman? Um, oh, they made it. They made a solo spinoff movie. OK. Right. So it's not just a supporting Batman. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just him in the Lego movies. Right, 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 right. Um, 
So first Do, of all, okay. Well, here's here's a further question too. Do we also loop in the animated series? See, Batman? that's that's because at this point, yeah, all bets are off. I mean, if you if you involve right. Lego Batman, then we got to bring in Batman animated Kevin Conroy, and the discussion's over for right. me at that point. Right. But it's a totally different vibe at the same time when he's playing Batman, like because the animated Batman requires different skill sets and different things that a live action Batman would need. Exactly. So like voice acting is totally different from acting acting, you know, like like in person acting, whatever you, live action. That's the word. <laughs> uh, reeling in, <sighs> reeling in. No, so yeah. <laughs> So I, I appreciate Will Arnett's contribution to the Batman mythos, but when we talk best Batman, usually the connotation there is that it's best live action Batman. Unless we specifically say best Batman yeah. of all time in any medium, then we can choose Kevin Conroy. Because but- <laughs> we didn't, we also didn't include Adam West in that conversation either. Like That's we weren't talking true. about TV Batman either. Right, right, right. We were just talking about the big screen adaptations of Batman, live action adaptations of Batman. So I think I, I mean, I'm I agree with you. I think that we would be in this context talking about Robert Pattinson, Christian Bale, um, George Clooney, Val Kilmer and Michael Keaton. Yep. Like yep. like the the big screen Batman. Exactly. Oh, so. and Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. That guy. Uh, <laughs> he was fine. He was fine. He just. It just was from, a short stint, and he never even got his own solo movie, so it's kind of easy to forget about him now. It's the same issue that uh, Brandon Ralph um, fell to, which is he had nothing yes. to do. You give him something to do, he'd be, the, he'd be a great Batman. But he, get, he had nothing to do. But Will Arnett did a great job, I think, as Lego Batman. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed him in the Lego movie. I enjoyed him. And the... The best thing that um that that uh Brandon Ralph did was was on Legends like yeah or, or like the crossover Crisis right when he finally got his his retribution to be right. Batman or rather Superman again Superman yeah yeah so I mean again this is almost like a bookend it brings us back now that Legends is over no one is safe no one will be able to finish their storyline. <laughs> No matter how long it right. takes, decades even, now that Legends is off the air, what will happen to our heroes? We may never know. But I should also mention that the reason for all this They're house They're always cleaning, trying to make a leap back home, you know? No? Anyway. <laughs> I thought that was supposed to uh, be rebooted as well, but I haven't heard much about that project, Quantum Leap. Um, I'm shocked they haven't. I mean, yeah. It's it's something that is probably really cheap to do. Um you know, all things considered. I mean, you could even use the same special effects as they did premise. back then. It is. It's Quantum a fun premise if they, if they treat it like a fun premise. Um, but as I was going to say, it's all because of this DC Warner, or rather this, this Warner Brothers Discovery merger, which is finally going through. Apparently, uh, <clears throat> the head of the studio is stating that they want the DC projects to line up now. So there has to be a uniform consistency between the movies, the TV shows, and uh, the animated series, or animated projects, anyway, which I don't know how that's going to work. I understand they want to be uh, consistent like Marvel, but even Marvel doesn't try to tie in their animated uh, projects that closely, except for What If, but that's a fairly recent development. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is interesting. They are doing a Quantum Leap reboot but it's not really a reboot because it's also going to be a continuation hmm. and back is still going to be involved in everything okay i like that so i guess it's it says that the the premise is it's been 30 years since sam beckett stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished a new team has assembled to restart the project in hopes of understanding the mysteries behind the machine and the man who created it huh so both like it's going to exist together. That's pretty interesting, and I guess Ernie Hudson's going to be in it. Oh, okay. That's where I'm reading about it. Nice. He just got cast in it in March, so it's still being developed. That should still be thing. interesting. Yeah. All right. So, man, that was plenty of uh, shuffling, moving around, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, Lego Batman, good Batman, but not best Batman of all time. 
I think that's where I said. No. Okay. Um, no. Yeah, and and like is included in the larger Batman adaptation conversation, but not live action Batman like we were discussing last week. Uh oh, we got a little bit of breaking news here. Apparently, Uh-oh. there's going to be a a spinoff of a spinoff, which may be a first in the world of DC. Um, the Suicide Squad spinoff Peacemaker is now being spun off to an Amanda Waller show. Okay. Featuring Viola Davis, starring Viola Davis and executive produced by Viola Davis, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah. Viola Davis, good for her. Yeah. So she's getting her own show again. Um, but James Gunn won't be writing this one. It's going to be written by uh, one of the parties involved in the Watchmen series, which is still great. I really enjoyed that. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's really cool. I wish I, I was really hoping you would have said it's going to be written by Viola Davis. Okay, yeah. Like <laughs> I was hoping she would just be like, "It's me, fuckers." <laughs> I do it myself. I read comics too, bitches. What's yeah. up? <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's like like Tracy Jordan starring in his Thomas Jefferson movie, where he's like, "I'm going to be doing everything." Look, I just want to say it's great karma that she has gotten more work out of that movie, out of Suicide Squad. Than mm-hmm. Jared Leto has. So kudos Absolutely. to her. As she should. Exactly. Yeah. For having to put up with his ass in the first place. Kudos. <laughs> yeah. And you can repay her by g- continuing to give her jobs and also making sure she never has to work with him again. Thank you. Another another yeah. thing closing the loop. Jared Leto, so self-centered, he bought somebody that looked just like him to the Met Gala. Yeah, that was weird. Really, that was really weird. weird. Ugh, ugh, okay. Anyway, Damn. folks, thank you for listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks. This was a weird episode. It's a very weird episode, but there will be many more in the future. You can find us on the social medias at Lex and Matt across the board. Check us out on patreon.com slash Lex and Matt to not only help support this show, and we appreciate you for doing so, but also to take part in our exclusive Discord server where you can talk to us every single day including tomorrow which is pet pick thursday so get your pet pics ready (laughs) yeah we get to show pictures of our cool little pets it's the best that's right it's always fun and we're like oh shit tomorrow's friday you know it's it's nice thursdays are nice on our little discord group you know yeah nice and chill um you could also we haven't done this in a while uh outside projects and stuff I'm uh, recording. I've recorded another story for the Nightlight podcast, uh, which is a horror fiction themed podcast, and it is the longest project I have ever worked on. So, <laughs> ooh, how long is it? Oh, it's ten thousand words. Oh shit! It's like thirty-six pages of story, so I can't yeah. even call this one a short story. That's it's chunky. Yeah, yeah, it's a straight up audio book. I'd say that's novella territory for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was a good read. It's a great story, and I can't wait for them to put it out there for you guys to hear. On the complete other end of the spectrum, I did a, a, a poem for Uncanny on episode 46A, mm-hmm. which is out now. So go ahead and check that out if you enjoy sci-fi themed poetry. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You hook up with them boys lately? Talk about Dawson? I... <laughs> we're still we're still working on Capeside Chats, okay. as in we still have uh, a season to work through. We're almost at the end of it, uh, but we don't have any episode new episodes out right now. So you guys can go catch up on it though. Subscribe to Ravens and Capeside Chats is in there. It's in their feed. So go listen. I wholeheartedly agree. Simon's an awesome dude. You yeah. support them. Good stuff. Very cool. Yeah. All right, folks, once again. Also, go listen to their uh, – they just – they had a Scream, like they talked about Scream, Scream podcast, and Drew Barrymore introduced it in the beginning. What the fuck? What? Wait, wait, wait. Hey, hey, wait, wait. Stop. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, what? Drew Barrymore. One of their one of their listeners and a raven is a producer of the Drew Barrymore show. What the fuck? And so if you go listen to the Ravens – podcast um episode where they cover scream uh drew barrymore does their intro for that yeah she also did a video for it on the set of her talk show like it's it's a really cool video that simon sent me yeah 
All right, folks, yeah. thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, <laughs> I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. Bye.